0: Hey, where's that theme song I paid big bucks for? It keeps missing every week. I paid big bucks for that intro theme that we don't seem to be having. So we need to be working on that or contact those people. Jenny, what's up with that problem?
1: Well, I don't know, but I guess I guess we'll have to start singing a song or something. <laughs>
0: No, we're we're going to have a theme song for book talk. We're gonna as you'll soon see here in a few seconds, Nolan is a presentation to do. He may be in a little later. However, he's not away. He's recorded seven segments, so I will be playing those during our show today when we talk about reviews. He's going to be doing reviews and We've got a segment coming up in a few minutes with Nolan and all of that stuff. So you will not miss Nolan. You will hear his voice. We have seven segments, so there's plenty of material from Nolan. So technology has come through for us. Let's say thank you to the producers, Perry, myself, and Pam Francis for monitoring calls next week we're going to try and experiment maybe we'll have all the bugs worked out we're not only going to be on the legend live stream and on the zoom room but we're going to try it an and venture on clubhouse so we're going to try all three we're doing what Nolan says we're going to try to engage more listeners and jennifer you take it away
1: Well, good afternoon, everybody. Bill's pretty much introduced us. Um, I am Jennifer Sparks, and this is, what, week number six on any... Is that right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Read number and, six. And so, Bill, you want to tell us about a book? Me tell you
0: about a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, me, a book. I'm no more prepared to tell you about a book. I read a couple books this week. Uh, we can, I'll save this one for later. The Buddy List book, The 620 Man. I read that from cover to cover. It was a pretty good read. What else have I read this week? I read, now the title's escaping me. It was by Robin Cook. Do you remember the name of the title?
1: It wasn't Night Shift, was it? Yes,
0: it was Night Shift by Robin Cook. And all the familiar characters are back in the show. It is pandemic or the pandemic was still going on because they're still wearing masks and his wife's the chief medical exam examiner now and it featured jack dr jack state um what's his name stapleton and he has a tendency to go off the reservation just a little bit from time to time. But in this particular book, it was good that he did because he discovered a serial killer and stopped it after only a few deaths. I thought it was a pretty good book. I can't say I liked it as well as the early Robin cookbooks. But it was a pretty, pretty good book. Um, We'll have the number up for it, so you can at least go to it and find it. I read it on Bard. Actually, I read it on my um, Sense6 um, Mini, and then it actually worked out pretty well, and it would have worked out better. Today I installed some new software on it, and it really increased the volume and really increased the tone and made it even sound much better. We'll have more books for next week, but that was the one that I had just finished late last night was that one by Robin Cook. Do you have any discussion about the Robin Cook's books. He's a good writer. And he, he was also a doctor, wasn't he? Oh, yes. He, he was a doctor. An ophthalmologist, I think. Yeah, he um, he wrote a lot of books. And, and I haven't heard from him in a while. You know, so if
1: anybody wants to comment, just raise your hand. Him I think for, and Michael Palmer, wasn't he? I think he was a doctor, too. But he's written a lot of good medical stories, too.
0: The the medical thriller. So I think you'll enjoy that. Before we get to your book, do you think it's time for us to play a segment about what Nolan has to say? And he's going to review a Charlie Daniels book. Okay. so we're going to do that. I hope this goes better than my one I played in Sports Lounge that precedes this show. But daggone book was, um, what was it? It was all video. It's hard to describe video to a lot of blind people. So that was not a real good one. But here's Nolan with his explanation as to why he's going to maybe not be here. Or if he's here, it would be a little bit later. But you'll hear it real clear right here. Here we are.
2: Hey, everyone. It's great to be with you. I'm sorry I can't be here live. The organization for whom I work does an annual conference, and today is the final day of that conference. It's going to end a little later than... I had hoped, I thought maybe I'd be able to jump out in the car and get on via Zoom. I'm not even sure that's going to be possible. Hence, these pre-recorded segments, not nearly as fun without you, believe me. When Jennifer and I first talked about this podcast, actually, it's been more than three years ago now, and it's my fault that we never got it off the dime. It was just, I just, I don't know, I, uh, typical me, I guess. Um, life got in the way, and... Uh, things were things were tough there for a while during the pandemic and uh, for me, at least. And so I uh, when she talked to me a few weeks ago and said, you know what, it's time. Let's let's make this happen. And I couldn't have have agreed more. And I initially years ago thought maybe it's just going to be her. She and I talking about podcasts Um. Well, that'll be pretty good. That should turn out okay. And when she talked about listener involvement this time, I was absolutely hooked. I think the fact that you're there makes all the difference in the world. And I wish, I'm hopeful we can find ways to get more folks interested in being part of this because it's that listener participation that's the real magic. And that's where the spontaneity is. That's where the life is of this podcast and she and i will certainly do our best to bring books to you and talk about books and all those good things but uh it's better when you're when you and i are when all of us are there together so my apologies for not being with you this week i want to salute one of the most successful country music programs anywhere on the legend arguably the most successful i don't know it's certainly been there for a good while now i'm talking about the saturday morning country music program that bill does each week and i suspect during the course of that those saturday morning programs someone has either requested or it has come up in his playlist one or the other that he play a charlie daniels song And so with that in mind, I want to recommend a book called Never Look at the Empty Seats by Charlie Daniels. I love this book it 's a very positive book, as you might imagine from that title it 's very fluid it 's not uh, chronological in its nature in other words, you don 't hear about the first time he lost a tooth and you don 't hear about the first fight he got in in grade school years and years finally you get to the real meat of the of the book that 's not how this is written. He jumps around a bit through his life, but in so doing he weaves it together well and it 's the stories that really matter the things he talks about. The perhaps the biggest feature of this book is the, the positivity of it his whole premise is if you are out there performing you don't look at those empty seats and, and dwell on that you look at who is there and you give those people the best performance you absolutely can and he tries to encourage us to apply that to our own lives if you're in a situation where it looks pretty pretty grim and I remember this from my early earliest years on the legend back in oh six I guess uh, uh, well, I guess it wasn't that early. That's that's silly. I guess I came on board in 2010, but I recall in 2010 some nights having exactly two listeners, and I would joke with my old friend Jr. that uh, uh, he and I were the only ones tuned in that night. Um, and it it would get really easy to stare at that number and dwell on it, dwell on it, and, and become really negative and say, "Oh, pull the plug. What's the point? Golly!" And Daniels absolutely slaps that mindset in the face with this book and his whole premise is whatever you undertake stop worrying about what's not happening stop being negative stop thinking about what might have been and isn't and focus on what you can do to make this the best experience of someone's life um And that's so true of anything we really take on. When you stop and think about it, have you ever been called upon to do a service project for someone, and you really didn't want to do that project? It's like, oh my gosh, that's going to take me weeks to to build these, to to do this, or to make this happen, or days, and I don't, I don't really have days. What a nightmare this is going to be! Blah blah blah, and you whine and whine about this service project, whatever it is. When you finish it, you find that you're far better off for having taken it on than you ever would have been otherwise. And it's just the nature of the the beast. That's just kind of how things work. This book focuses along those lines. He talks about his faith and his belief that, that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. It's very tender and touching stuff. You will, regardless of where you come down on that score, you will come away with added respect for his perspective. And that counts for a lot. He doesn't preach at you here, and he doesn't point a finger and judge you. Or anything like that, but he does share his very, I think, humble, simple faith in the Savior, and uh, and it's a it's a lovely expression, uh, a lovely testimony, if you will. He references the miracles that he's experienced in his life that that made him increase his faith. Uh, there was a snowmobiling accident in Colorado. If you read the book, you'll read this. It's very memorable. And uh, he talks about other times when things were hard and ultimately turned out okay. Uh, I I just really enjoyed this. If you can borrow books from the National Library Service, this is DB uh, 89931. But seriously, folks, if there's any way to get it from your local public library in audio, be that via CD or by Libby, you really should try to do that because Charlie Daniels reads the commercial version, and Jack Fox, as magnificent a narrator as he is for NLS, for the American Printing House, Jack Fox does the NLS version of this, and I'm sure he did a magnificent job, but there's not anything quite like the author narrating his life life and uh it's it's just pure magic if you can get the nls narration of this so again that's just a tip of the hat to the saturday morning program here and a book that uh by an author who i'll bet has been played at least once over the years never look at the empty seats charlie daniels is the author of that i think you'll enjoy it if you read it
1: thank you nolan jenny That sounds like a good book. And he's a great performer, too, if you ever get to see him live. If he still does live performances, it's worth going once.
0: Before we get to your book comments, do we have any listeners who want to make a comment? I think we got Beth, so... Perry you better hurry up and get her her cat's gonna meow.
3: <laughs> I got I hope you didn't mind me unmuting because I wanted to let you know it sounds like a really good book. And I think that you know, there's one. There, there's a, a two. I think there's only two books in this one series that I'm reading right now. It's it's an orphan train series. It's not the orphan train adventures by Joan Lowry Nixon, but it's another one. The author's name is Jody Hetland, H E T L U N D. And the first book that I've been reading seems like it's pretty good so far. I'm I'm hoping to do more reading on it. The last couple of weeks, I just haven't been up to reading because of other things, but I'm going to do a little more probably starting tomorrow.
0: That's good. Are you enjoying these series?
3: Yes, I really am. And then there's going to be a couple of Other series that I'm going to be reading. There's, oh, there goes my cat. (laughs) I mean, my email notification. Sorry about that. (laughs) But I know that there's going to be something that I will really enjoy. There's going to be some, some, some Sherlock Holmes ones that I'm going to read. There's one that has a whole great big bunch of stories. This is called The Big Book of Sherlock Holmes, and it's got all kinds of stories I've never read before. And then there's another one. It's something about Sherlock Holmes' childhood. And I hope that when they mention that, there's strong language in there. There's a couple of words that I hope aren't in it, but I'm, I'm going to try reading it though and see how it is.
0: Well, turn on your good filter and don't concentrate it down and concentrate on the book.
3: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: That's what you can and the do. The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes was a good book, too.
3: That was a wonderful book. That that one and the memoirs of Sherlock Holmes and A Study in Scarlet, The Sign of the Four. Oh, um, there have been so many good ones. Yeah. Do
1: you watch the ones on um, public TV where they have...
3: Yeah, um, I've watched a few of those and I was impressed. But I, and I know that I like those better than the elementary the, and the, better than that series. I didn't mind that one, but I like the ones on public TV on PBS. That was some of those were pretty good. Except I wasn't sure what to think when they started playing modern songs, like songs from the seventies, nineteen seventies.
0: Oh, you'll get used to it and enjoy it.
3: <laughs> oh, no, I still enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun.
0: <laughs> and enjoy your reading this week, and let us know next week how you're coming along.
3: Oh, sure, do that. Because
0: we're interested in your progress.
3: Okay. Thank you,
0: Beth. Does anyone else have anything before I turn it over to Jenny, and she does
4: her first review? This is a Duncan Holmes. Can anyone hear me? Oh uh, yes, yes, we, we can. Well, this is so new to me. Zoom is very new to me, and this is my first time. I've heard some of your program before. I'm in Fredericksburg, Texas, and Be- hi, Beth. You're on there. Uh, we're regular friends here on, the, when we chat together. Uh, it's a good book. I have. There's one I wanted to share with you all. Okay. Uh, if that's if this is the time. This
0: is yeah. the time.
4: Okay. This is uh, uh, this is a, a book that I've been reading during the Lenten season. I am. Uh, a, a evangelical christian and this is a book called unoffendable how just one change can make all of life better and it's read by the author brant hansen b r a n t h a n s e n and let's see here it's an audiobook you can also get it on bookshare uh but uh, i'll go ahead and give you the barred number on it's a commercial book uh Four hours, twenty-three minutes. Barred ID DB nine seven eight four nine, and it basically says uh, it's the uh, it's a religion, of course. Christian radio host presents the idea that the choice to be unoffendable provides a path for one to live a healthier life, and that making this choice is supported in the Bible. It discusses the emotional and health impacts of anger and balancing a sense of sense of injustice. It is, uh, and my my takeaway, I just finished it today, uh, 24 chapters dealing with not just anger, but injustice and justice and other things. And uh, basically, uh, it, it's it got a lot of humor in it. He sounds like the guy, if you've ever heard the commercials for MediShare on various radio stations, it sounds like his voice. And uh, I would commend it, even if you don't believe It's still a lot of good takeaway from it. Uh, I think it's worth probably reading more than once. I'm going to keep it in my Bookshare library, though I've read it on audio. And it's more fun than audio, but Bookshare has more information. Uh, I love his titles. uh, One about the Danish people. He talks about a film called Babette's Feast, which is a Danish film with, with no dV no no audio description I don't think it's got English subtitles which wouldn't help us uh but another chapter is forget the danes uh forget the Danes look at your elbow <laughs> It's about the, <laughs> it's about the ego our egos and how so we get ourselves so easily hurt and I just think and especially a lot of us uh who have a disability uh can easily be uh offended by either people's you know, bluffs. Their, their, their uh, blunders and and uh, remarks, unintended remarks and so on. And I know I've had to read. I've had to do a lot of thinking about it. But anyway, I commend it to your reading if you get a chance to read it. And read it on the BARD side. Read it. Uh, Definitely read uh, listen to the audio with him reading it. He's great.
0: We will do that. And thank you so much for your first review. And don't let it be your last. And keep coming back and just make any comment or you know we're we're just honored to have you and thank you
4: oh thanks i've already turned around i'm gonna start reading the wiley o'reilly by patrick taylor now that's a good contract for you
0: there you go we'll be right here and we'll post it so people can read it and thank you so much duncan i appreciate it
4: Thanks, Bill and Jenny. And and Beth.
0: Uh, And (laughs) Beth. Yeah, Beth. I call her the cat lady. Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So be it. Thank you. All right.
0: Um, Is anybody, Jenny, you take it away. I think you're there, Jenny. Please don't make me do this one by myself. Well, she was here. So, if not, if she's not here Maybe she's there,
1: no, there. I should be
0: back. okay. What happened to you?
1: Well, your phone was babbling, and I muted my my computer, and it was telling me that I was still unmuted. <laughs> oh, even though I had muted it, so I believed it. well, <laughs> sorry about that. we
0: were just thanking Duncan for his participation, telling him to come back, so you can do your first book, and then I'll do another one from Nolan.
1: I'm very glad that he came. Thank you for coming, Duncan. Feel free to come back and share any time. Uh, this book that I wanted to talk about is a little different for me. This is a, it's a suspense science fiction book, and I don't read that many uh, science fiction books, but this was pretty good. It's called The Other Me, and it's um, by, I'm not sure I can pronounce this lady's name. Her name is Sarah Zagrich. And this book is about this young girl, Kelly, who Kelly Holter, who on her birth she's an art student, well, and on her birthday, she goes to the restroom at this party and when she comes out of the restroom, she winds up in Michigan, married to some man that she hardly knows, and While there, she finds out that she was never an art student there. So she gets transported into a completely different life, and she has to try to find out how to get back to her original life. And it was really good because she... Her her friend she has one friend that somehow she gets back to and and that remembers her from before because she thinks she's crazy all this time because and the book goes back and forth between when she's in Michigan and her previous life and the way it's written you're almost sure you know that you think she's gonna wake up and it's all gonna be a dream that this really didn't happen to her but but it it, it really does happen to her and. It's really pretty good. And then is The Other Me, and it's DB106694. Sounds like an interesting book. It actually was pretty good. I thought for the longest time, I thought she's going to wake up and this is going to be like a nightmare. Like I thought maybe she fell and didn't realize she'd fallen in the bathroom or something and hit her head.
0: But No. Yeah, I remember you reading that book. So everybody else should experience that book. We're going to go to a book, another book review from Nolan. I don't know what it is. This is a magic of recording. And thank you, Nolan, for taking the time to do this. But it really helps out because people really like to hear your book reviews. So here we go. The magic of recording right here.
2: I want to spend a few minutes with you talking about a book I'm afraid most of you have already read. And if so, I apologize for that. Uh, It took me a lot of years to read this, even though it's been out a while. And so maybe there's one or two out there who still haven't quite gotten it or who think that reading about a racehorse is a really boring, bad idea that they do not want to undertake. I'm hopeful I can change your mind. I want to talk about Laura Hillenbrand's book called Seabiscuit, an American Legend boy I loved it I just I was kind of like the skeptic I described at the beginning of this I remember thinking oh I don't know do I want to read about some old racehorse come on man that's I don't know that could be pretty boring it's a just a jewel of a book the order number if you're eligible to download books from the National Library service is DB five one nine six eight and or BR uh 14930. So once again, Sea Biscuit, all one word, an American legend, DB51968 or BR14930 if you prefer to read the book in braille, which certainly you can do. Um, if you're not an NLS patron, obviously this is available at any public library that's bigger than 3 books. It was a major bestseller in its day. I suspect by talking about it today, most of you are going to yawn and shrug and say, I read that already. I don't know. Uh, Hopefully, as I said earlier, one or two of you will will catch on and, and say, No, I haven't read that. Maybe I really should. So it's America, 1930s. Here's the setup. The nation is deep in the Depression. It is banged up by the economic problem that it's going through. The nation needed a hero, quite frankly, and uh, people were kind of hoping and scrambling for something. We were also in this country at that point in time looking across the Atlantic with a certain amount of gut tightening going on. We were all a little nervous. What's that guy in Germany really doing, for goodness sakes, as as the 30s wore on? They watched him armed for war and kind of kept a nervous eye on things over there and worried about how to pay the bills over here. Where was that hero? Well, they found the hero in the form of a horse that looked to a lot of people like a cow pony, not the thoroughbred that he ultimately became. He um, was squatty, apparently, and not much to look at. He had a gait that made him look lame when he walked. In his early days, he lost race after race, oh. and he could barely behave on the track. So this little guy didn't seem to be of any value, didn't amount to much. But under the tutelage of a trainer named Tom Smith, and against all kinds of odds, the determination and uh, of, of jockey Red Pollard comes into play here, too. And in because of the confidence of his owner, a guy named Charles Howard, that cow pony, that funny gated creature, became somebody Americans all gravitated to. He turned into a winning thoroughbred who captured the hearts of millions of Americans. So completely did he capture their hearts that Seabiscuit got more coverage than Roosevelt, Hitler, or even Lou Gehrig. A struggling nation finally had found its unlikely hero, and for a brief few years, it expressed unrestrained love for that funky-looking little horse who defeated the odds and defeated the best of his foes on the track. Hillenbrand walks you through the process of converting a horse from a no-name, useless, garbagey looking little creature into a well-beloved icon. But it's not about boring names and dates. You're not going to ever bog down like that. She puts a human face on the process that stays with you long after you host the book. You get glimpses into the lives of the owners, the trainers, and the jockeys. And those glimpses stay with you when you close the book, I promise. Best of all, you get these remarkably uh, well-worded descriptions of races. Descriptions that are so vivid, you'll hear the pounding hooves. You'll hear the roaring crowds. I experienced actual respiratory and heart rate increases as I read this. I'm not making that up race seemed so well written and so well crafted that i was there i don't know why i've waited so many years to read this it's been on a hard drive it was on a hard drive at the time uh, nearly 11 years when i finally decided to pull it off and read it i don't have any excuse for that Listen, you don't have to know anything about horse racing to appreciate this book. So much talent went into the writing of this that she transports you to the track, and you're just right there, right there, trackside. You feel the pain of injury and the emotion of triumph and tragedy in the lives of the people who love this horse. And, of course, in the game, in the life of that funny creature who put his heart and mind on the line and taught all Americans everywhere that they too are winners. The climactic race for Seabiscuit occurs in Maryland. If you're hearing background noise, that's my guide dog, Carl, who apparently is sleeping through this review as he sleeps through any presentation I ever make. It's a, a real confidence builder down there, I can tell you. The uh, crowning achievement for this horse occurred in Maryland. His opponent was a horse named Rear Admiral War Admiral. Excuse me, War Admiral war admiral i can't say it you can actually hear a radio broadcast of that uh, it's out there they've recorded it and uh it's really short there's just like a couple of minutes long i think i don't remember and um, there is a, a link to it somewhere on youtube you can go look for that just look for seabiscuit versus war admiral I didn't like the Annie Waters narration from the National Library Service for the Blind. I have to confess that. And so I downloaded the commercial version from Libby. It's narrated by George Newbern, N-E-W-B-E-R-N. And that was a far, far better, more stellar narration from my perspective. If you, Again, if you can get this from Libby, you should. Um it's a great book. I I was just on the edge of my seat the entire time. Again, it's Seabiscuit, the story of an American legend. The author is Laura Hillenbrand. Her last name is spelled um, H-I-L-L. Hang on. E-N-B-R-A-N-D. DB51968. Or BR one four nine three zero. Better yet, download it from Libby and listen to the really good narration.
0: Very good, Nolan, and thank you, Jennifer.
1: That sounds really good too. I have never read that. Have you? No, I've of
0: course anybody that's lived or you know, I'll be I'll be 70 this year, so anybody that hasn't heard of Seabiscuit, you know, and I mean. There
1: was a movie out a few years ago that was really quite popular. I've seen the movie, and it sounds like the book is every bit as good, which is not unusual. Usually the books are way better than the movies anyway. You know, Nolan brings a good point up, and that
0: is there are some books on Bard. And I don't mean to demean any service because there's, there's a lot of good ones, but there are some books that I, I just cannot read these. Um, I just, I can't read some barred books. The narrators are just not to my way of liking
1: is it the narrator or the quality of the audio? Sometimes it is the narrator. I can think of some that poor man that read the first Jack Reacher novel. I was trying to read. <laughs> I had to give that one up. <laughs> Guy sound like he'd
0: been on social security at least thirty or forty years.
1: <laughs> but yeah. don't don't you um do you like to get the same narrator when you read a series of books, do you like to, to get the same narrator to read all oh, of them or does it matter Yeah. To you? What
0: was that lady, um the one the Joanne Brady and the the detective JP Beaumont? series and they switched right in the middle not so much in the joey and brady but the jp beaumont they oh yes switch. what a difference that made in a character
1: oh well that man that first that started reading those what was his name he was jp beaumont he just had the right attitude for that character and I, i've read other ones it, it almost makes me uh, it's taken me a lot longer to read the series because I know he retired in the middle of it, and he was so good. Je- what was his name?
0: Gene and Gene? Or Gene and Gene, Gene and Gene, or something. But he he was J.P. Beaumont. Anybody that's monitoring or anybody else want to make any comments before we let Jennifer do another review?
1: I personally like Bob Athey.
0: Yeah, he's pretty active on a lot of the. So he, yeah, uh, he's a good reader too.
1: I don't think he's reading anymore. I think he's retired.
0: Well, he's been retired for several years.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but anything that he, he's read, I love it. He read those Lillian Jackson Ballin books about the the uh, the journalist with the two Siamese cats, and one of them would help him solve the solve the mysteries. And he, oh gosh, he could he could yowl like a Siamese cat. He made you convinced that it was a cat.
0: Don't say that too, uh, Perry might pull the switch on us. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he
1: would he he might pull the switch. You got another book, Jenny? I do, and I hope I haven't told you guys about this book. Um, it's called the magic hour and it's by Kristen hannah and i really i really like her books um this one like she's kind of human relations psychological fiction type um and in this book um ellen ellen barton calls her calls her sister who is a child psychiatrist in in LA to come and to come back home and they they've been estranged from each other, they had a falling out over something I know. And but she wants her to come back home and help her and she's ready Julia Cates is her name and she's ready to leave and go someplace else because she had I went in with the with the press and everything over a, a child that she helps that commits a crime, at a shooting or something. And they blamed her and said she should have been able to stop it and all that. But anyway, so she agrees to come and help her sister, who is a police chief. And there's this little girl that they find wandering the street. And she's like six years old, and she's like a little wild child. And so Julia tries to help this little girl and get her to, commun- they find her in the woods. And they- Julia tries to help this little girl and get her to communicate so that they can find her, her family. And, you know, it it goes into a lot of detail about how she talks to the little girl and how, you know, she just starts out trying to give her things to play with and do things with so that she can even communicate. And she reads to her and, you know, she ends up, well, she ends up falling in love with the little girl because she spends so much time with her by herself and, and. And then they eventually do find her family, and it's about what happens after they find her family. And and it was a really good book, too. It's a little over 13 hours, which may be too long for some people, but I like longer books. And it's um, I did read the the, the borrowed version of it, and it was read by uh, Gabra Zachman, and she did a pretty good job. And it is um, DB six. It is DB six three two five five. If you want to get it from Bard, but it's also available on Audible and all kinds of other places. The Magic Hour. I think I think I got Connie to read that book. I know I stayed up all night reading it, and I cried. Parts <laughs> of it are so sad.
0: You stayed up all night.
1: Yeah, to finish it.
0: <laughs> oh. Now, you make a list of all the books and put them on the mailing list, is that correct? Yes. So people can go to legendoldies.com, click on Book Talk, and then subscribe to your list there, and then they can get all these books each and every week or find the past issues. I usually
1: get them. I usually get them posted sometime on Thursday because I post, get them ready for the show notes for the podcast first, and then I post them up.
0: And the podcasts are available wherever you get your pod catcher. So if you type in book talk and the word Jenny Sparks or Nolan Crabb, you'll get those because there's a lot of book talks out there. We may have to fix that, but we're not, you know, but... You can get all of those. So we've got another book
2: review from Nolan. Well, normally I don't read romance books. I did early on, back in the early 2000s, early even before that. I actually was pretty addicted to some of them. But these days I just don't touch them if I can help it. That said, I'm going to talk to you about one exception that no matter what your are thinking is regarding romance books, I'm hopeful, even prayerful that you'll pick this one up. It is so much worth your time. And I'm saying that as a guy who just as soon tossed the romance book to the curb. The book I'm talking about is called The Mountain Between Us. By Charles Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, just like it sounds. If you are eligible to download books from the National Library Service, this is DB89372. Once again, DB89372. The book is The Mountain Between Us by Charles Martin. I, um, as I said at the beginning of this, I don't generally read romances anymore. I just think they've become hard-breathing, bed-hopping morasses of uncreative gunk most of the time. I know that's not fair because there are some romance writers out there who are pretty stellar people. I do make exceptions, and I will read Richard Paul Evans without fail. He's an auto-download for me. So he's And his daughter, Jenna, is also an auto-download. I think anything she writes makes me smile. So I do have some exceptions in that area, but not very many, and they're pretty far and few between. This book changes that. It bucks the trend in romance writing in big ways. Let me try to give you the setup. Ben Payne is a physician in Florida. This is fiction, of course. His wife, Rachel, is absolutely the love of his life. She's just, in his mind, there's just nobody out there more magnificent than she is. They've been in love since the two were in high school. They have a set of twins as a married couple now, and they're all back home in Florida except Ben. He is stranded at an airport in Salt Lake, and a winter storm has slammed the area and locked it down. Ben just needs to get to Denver. He's positive that if he can once get to Denver, he can get a plane out of there on home. And he wants nothing more than to be back with Rachel and those, those little twins. Enter Ashley Knox. She's getting married over in Denver in a few days, and she desperately needs to be there to participate in her rehearsal dinner. Nothing's moving. That city is locked in and locked down. But adjacent to the Salt Lake City Airport is a smaller airport that handles charter flights. The pilot is uh, pretty sure he can outrun the storm, but they need to get in that plane immediately. Absolutely now. So Ben and Ashley board the plane at the last minute. He offers her a chance to fly with him over to Denver, and she's, she takes him up on it. She has nothing to lose, after all. Quick explanation here you need to have before we go on with the rest of the setup of the book. The Uinta Mountain Range is the largest east-west range in the United States. It's nearly half a million acres of absolute, rugged, unyielding wilderness. I mean, it's, it's up there. Many of its hundreds of lakes are accessible only on foot or by horseback. You cannot get a vehicle into vast regions of the high Uintas. It's a really magnificent place to visit in the summer because I know that firsthand. I grew up in that part of the world, and my folks and I used to camp up in the Uintas a lot in the summer when I was a kid. Maybe it's okay to go there in the winter. I never did. We weren't big on snowmobiling and skiing in those days, uh, cross-country snowshoe stuff. So we didn't uh, ever visit there in the winter, but in the summer it was magnificent. But you always felt the vastness of the place. Even when you were standing next to your little camp trailer, you could almost sometimes shiver at the thought of how uh, oh, how rugged and empty and huge this mountain range is you get lost in there you might never be found or if they find you you'll be a starved uh, mannequin of your former self so the plane is is moving it's moving ahead of the storm and uh, the the pilot didn't bother filing a flight plan he just figured oh what the heck it's I can fly visual rules I know the terrain really well we're not gonna have a problem He's got a cough, though, and he just keeps hacking and hacking as this plane is flying eastward over the Uintas and toward Denver. Unfortunately, the cough is the symptom of a heart attack, and it isn't long before that plane slams to the ground somewhere near the 11,000-foot-high portion of the Uintas. You know, it's, it's winter, temperature's there below zero, and that plane is now crashed. The pilot is dead. Dr. Ben Payne is cut and he's bleeding, but he's okay. Ashley Knox has a broken leg and she can't move. If they stay in what's left of that plane, they die in either hours or mere days. It's it's not avoidable. This is the story of two people who have to take on the most unyielding wildernesses in the nation and survive it if they can. But if you have to be injured in a place where no one can find you, at least you ought to be with Ben Payne. He and Rachel have become experts at transversing the Rocky Mountains. They do it as a hobby. And so the the circumstances in which Ben finds himself are not unfamiliar to him. Rachel had rescued Ben from a life of paternal abuse. His dad beat him all the time, was never decent no matter how fast the, the young boy ran when he was when he was a kid, the dad would beat him and say, you despicable little brat, that's not fast enough. And so Ben grew up with some real difficulties there that she, Rachel, unlocked. She convinced him that his time as a runner was good, even if his miserable dad said otherwise. Um, he keeps a digital pocket recorder with him at all times, one of those little digital recorders we all know and love. He used it in school to take medical notes. And he would also use it to record one-sided conversations with Rachel. It had been a habit of their marriage to share the recorder. So he'd keep it for a few days and just chat up his thoughts onto the recorder. Just randomly tell her what's going through his mind at various times of the day. He'd then slip it to her. Pardon me. She'd play it. And then she'd create several days to create notes of her own. It's how they stayed verbally intimate and close during his residency. She was afraid of becoming a medical widow, and he was afraid that his usual ultra-introverted quiet behavior would stomp out every line of communication they had. Somehow the two of them found a kind of communicative magic in that digital recorder that kept the marriage alive. He uses that recorder as he works through the the bitterness of nature and the the horror that he faces to keep Ashley alive and get them both into a safe place. He talks to the machine as if he's talking to Rachel. And he records all of his thoughts and his struggles as he struggles to keep both of them alive. Guys, this is a love story of the most excellent stature. If you need open-door sex and all kinds of erotica and all kinds of steam and whiz bangaroo okay this isn't your book i don't like that stuff i ugh, i don't I, I don't need to be a spectator sport in somebody else's antics that's just me this won't make it for you if you need erotica or or ultra steam in your romances but if you need a lyrical romance that's just beautifully written and jaw-dropping in its it's uh, twists and surprises. This book needs to move to the top of your pile tonight. I didn't see the end coming. It was amazing. That's all I can tell you. I'm just asking you to trust me and read this. Again, it's The Mountain Between Us, DB 89372. DB 89372, if you can borrow books from NLS. Its reading time is 9 hours and 58 minutes, and George Newbern is the narrator. So regardless of where you get your books, I'll bet Libby has this one as well. Certainly Audible does. Um, And again, George Newbern is the the editor, or the narrator. All I can say is uh, I read this something like five years ago now. And it's still very vivid. In fact, I'm thinking seriously about doing a reread, and I almost never reread books. So uh, this is this is worth your time. The Mountain Between Us by Charles Martin.
0: Thank you, Nolan. Appreciate that. Jenny, do you I can have see any- you
1: downloading that book now, Bill.
0: Yeah, I can see me downloading that book. Do you have anything else for us before we wrap
1: it up? Because we're five minutes or less. Well, one thing we want to uh, sort of put a bug in everybody's ear so that you can be thinking about what you want our buddy read to be next time. We hope that one of you will help us pick one out.
0: Yeah, something because Jenny and Nolan may make the wrong choices so we want you to participate in the choices we have still got some more Nolan's but unfortunately we're out of hour we're just about out of hour and so Jenny can people get
1: this on a podcast they they will be able to get it on a podcast wherever your your favorite podcast hopefully and Or if you can't find it in your podcaster, you can go to legendoldies.com and click on Book Talk and they're there along with the show notes and you Um, can download it that way. Yeah,
0: we don't want you to do without the podcaster. share this with a friend or do whatever you can do to pass it along because I believe it's the fastest hour of entertainment because a lot of us love to read and... It, it's a good thing for us to sit here and read. It keeps your mind going and expanded and all of that stuff.
1: So, so and It's just amazing. There's so many good authors. There's nothing more fun than discovering a new author or, or going out... I. That's why I like to to read with other people because it it makes me try things that maybe I wouldn't try just looking at a list of authors and saying uh, I don't think so. But then you you try and. and you know, I would have never heard about
0: that book, The Mountain Between Us, if I hadn't listened today. That sounds
1: like a good book.
0: So I wouldn't have listened. So keep the book discussions going. And if there's anything you want us to do better or have a suggestion, reach out to Jenny and or Nolan, and we'll try to make it happen.
1: My email address, if you want to contact me, is jsparks752 at com, And please feel free to join the books list. We won't bombard you. Um, but you can always talk about a book or something there if you want to do that as well.
0: I'll read the notes or those type of things that maybe you might have missed. So want to thank everybody for listening. The phone is telling us the time. Every time I I put that Android someplace, it always starts talking. It never makes any difference. So...
1: Well, and I just want to give a shout-out to my producers, Pam, who just left us. But Perry, thanks for hanging in there because I know you already did the show already, Bill. Thank you. You guys make it happen and make it easier for us to do this.
0: And we have no idea what we're doing, but we still try. But (laughs) we are going to introduce Clubhouse, and that will bring a few more people in. And we've never tried Clubhouse before, so we've got the technology to do it, so we're going to do
1: it. Well, I think you like the audio on Clubhouse.
0: Yeah, it's real good audio. So, again, thank you so very much to all the listeners. Much appreciation. Thank you, Jennifer. Without you and Nolan, this show doesn't happen. Everybody have a good week and keep reading.